mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This is the Bill Squire Show. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Bill Squire Show. And I have a very special guest with me today, Journey Gunderson, who is the executive director of the National Comedy Center and Lucille Ball Desi Arnaz Museum in Jamestown, New York. Uh, welcome, Journey. Thank you for having me. Um, I am a very big fan of the National Comedy Center. I've been there three times. Uh, I tell everybody I can about it. I, I think it's one of the best museum experiences that I've ever had. And then 2020 happened and you guys had to shut down for a while but you've come back strong and you've come back with a way of letting everybody come and experience this amazing very interactive museum while still being safe that's right it was um something we took really seriously and from day one of closing the turnstiles to visitors in march we set forth revamping what is known by you and others to be one of the most interactive museums anywhere in the world right now, revamping that experience for the COVID era. You know, not just doing whatever the minimum guidelines are, but going a step up beyond that. And so uh, we branded this system of health and safety protocols laugh safe and work directly with epidemiologists uh, to make sure that we had every inch of the place covered and uh, you know part of laugh safe includes standard protocols like temperature checks of all staff and anyone who enters the building including patrons uh, required masks but it also includes a laugh safe kit so everybody gets their own little uh, disposable stylus their uh, sense of humor profile that you're familiar with instead yeah. of going around your wrist now is on a digital chip that is attached to a reel that you can put on your lapel or on uh, your pants. It also has uh, your own set of disposable headphones and um, as you know the floor plan here really lends itself to social distancing and so we made a number of changes to the exhibits within so that people could have a touch-free, worry-free, safe and fun experience. Well, that's just amazing. And, and I appreciate it a lot because, like I said, I am a big fan of this museum. I'm a comedy nerd. And just going through the, the museum and experience everything and the interactivity that you have with the exhibits is like nothing I've ever experienced before. And it really does help you understand and, and also have a very good time while you're doing it. So you, you're learning, you're in, remembering things that maybe you forgot from a while ago. And you're also laughing a lot. I mean, it's such a good time going through the through, uh, the museum. And you guys are also doing uh, the Lucille Ball Comedy Festival this year has gone online, of course. So you, what can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing this year for it? Sure. So um, and, and one last, you know, closing thought on LaughSafe. 
you know, we had to see it in practice and make sure it was going well. And 99% of the visitors who have come through our doors since we reopened July 3rd have reported that they felt either very safe or safe and would recommend a visit to a family member or friend. And we've had a number of great quotes, just like you said, where people said, I didn't expect to be laughing for four hours straight in a museum. Uh, thanks for being part of what helped me get laughing again in a very tough year. So we're happy to be here, um, you know, open yeah. for people to come and visit. Laughter has never been more important in, in kind of reminding people that there have been other tough times in America. And you guys have that in there where there's, you know, in the Blue Room, you think about the, you know, Gilbert Godfrey talking, telling jokes right after 9-11 and how people use humor as a coping mechanism when chips are down. You're right. I'm glad you mentioned that. We do. We have an exhibit all about the concept of too soon. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, down on the lower level, the uncensored area of the museum, um, which is, a, you know, an interesting issue to navigate in comedy. When is it too soon? And when is it a source of healing? Uh, when are you taking back power in the situation? We also have an exhibit on the main floor all about just the healing power of comedy and laughter itself. So, um, you know, two of more than 50 exhibits here. And you asked about the virtual festival. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, this is our 29th year of producing the Lucille Ball Comedy Festival in Jamestown. And so this year, of course, we went virtual. We had more than uh, 30 artists participate and produced some of the best conversations on comedy and the craft that you can find anywhere. Uh, we've had uh, a number of fantastic names join the festival lineup from Jay Leno and Gilbert Gottfried to uh, a great program that we just ran last night with Jimmy Fallon and Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame interviewing Weird Al because uh, they both looked up to Weird Al and I think it was Jimmy Fallon's first concert. So there's really something for everybody. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And all of these are available at comedycenter.org slash festival or on your Facebook page, correct? That's right. That's right. They're free to view. Um, but we always remind people we're a nonprofit cultural institution and museum. So, you know, we encourage donations if you're enjoying the program. But, you know, there are uh, dozens of programs, including uh, one retrospective on the comedy legend and a founding advisory board member of ours, Carl Reiner. We have never before seen interview footage in our archives. And so we produced a program uh, for the festival that includes one of my personal favorites, comedian Paula Poundstone, talking with uh, Stephen J. Morrison, our executive producer of Exhibit Media, about Carl Reiner's legacy. So that is a program not to be missed. And um, the, the program, the, the whole festival, wraps up with a fantastic event featuring Deborah Messing, who you know many fans know uh, from Will and Grace, did a I love an I Love Lucy tribute episode that was nominated for an Emmy. And she's always looked up to Lucille Ball and uh, I will say bears a resemblance. And so that is a really fun program not to be missed. That, that sounds awesome. I, I have been to the Lucille Museum as well. Uh, big fan of that. And just, just the whole experience of going to Jamestown. It's a cute little town too. So it's, it's a very nice uh, I always do it as an overnight trip because I like to drink. So I, uh, I'll get there. <laughs> it goes I'll, great with comedy, a two drink does. minimum. <laughs> it does. So I'll go in, uh, spend a few hours at the, the comedy center, then go over to the Lucy museum. And it's, she was such a mega star when it comes to comedy. But then when you look behind the scenes at all the things she did, it's really, really impressive what she did. Uh, not just as a woman, but f for she did a lot of stuff for uh, Latinos and and just giving people a voice and showing like, hey, we're 
we can do this too. I'm so glad that you uh, share my appreciation for Lucille Ball and that you mentioned that because you know, sometimes now we have people coming to Jamestown because they love comedy. Um, and there is something here across all genres and eras of the art form. So it's fun to see intergenerational play where a grandfather and grandson are laughing at two different things and then sharing a moment, showing each other what they think is funny. Um, and then to have the Lucille Ball Desir Inez legacy celebrated right here in Lucille Ball's hometown gives us a chance at that museum to tell the story of a woman who did say, as you pointed out, to CBS when they offered her, you know, the career opportunity of a lifetime, her very own TV show, she said, I want my husband in real life, Desi Arnaz, a Cuban immigrant, uh, to play my husband on the show, which was unheard of in terms of CBS executives expecting American audiences to embrace that and embrace them as a couple in 1950 before the show started in 51. So they took the show on the road vaudeville style and pr proved that American audiences would embrace them as a couple and the rest is history. Uh, so much there in that legacy. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And then even just some of the technology that they created because they wanted to turn the show around faster or, or watch takes, you, you, you know, you see all these different things that were developed because of the Lucy show. And then uh, I Love Lucy. Yes, most people, um, you know, if they love I Love Lucy and, and enjoy laughing at the sitcom, don't necessarily realize that it, it revolutionized comedy and entertainment. Um, you know, they decided to produce the show themselves out of pocket so that they could remain on the West Coast, which at that time, all television was filmed on the East Coast. And within a year of that, uh, almost all television programs, you know, had moved out West. And so um, from that to Lucille Ball, taking over the studio and becoming the first female head of a major Hollywood studio and then overruling her all-male board of directors to green light twice the pilot of Star Trek. Uh, there's just so much behind the scenes people don't know. And we tell the same level of stories about comedy as a whole now here at the National Comedy Center, which was Lucille Ball's vision for her hometown. She said to Jamestown officials in the late 80s, I get it, you wanna build a museum about me, but don't just celebrate me, celebrate all comedy because no one's really done it and it has never really gotten, you know, on par level of respect with other art forms and the classical arts. And so here we are, we opened in 2018. Yeah, and uh, like I said, been there three times. I uh, can't wait to make another trip back out there. Uh, luckily, I get to still do some comedy uh, in Cleveland area. I get to work with one of, I don't know if he's on the board, but I know he's done some stuff. Uh, Brian Regan is coming to town and I get to work with him tomorrow. And I'm oh, very good. excited about that. And he was part of the George Carlin uh, retrospective that you guys did on George Carlin's birthday back in June. And I watched that whole thing and it was, it was fantastic. You guys do a really great job of putting together these interviews and, and getting the biggest names in comedy and some of the names that people might not know, but know a lot about comedy. And you make everything very educational and very funny. And it's, it's really, really well done. And I just, as a comedy fan, uh, you know, that place is like, mecca to me where I, I like going there again and again and again and showing it to new people and having that experience over and over again. Wow. I Well, it warms my heart to hear you say that because, again, we're a mission-based institution. You know, no one's in this for the money. Everybody's doing this for the right reasons. And that's how we raised uh, $50 million to build this shrine to comedy, the mecca, as you said. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Carlin program. Uh, for anyone who missed it, it's still available for viewing. Uh, you can go to comedycenter.org slash festival to see the festival that's going on right now. And that puts you on our new online platform, Comedy Center, uh, National Comedy Center Anywhere. 
that has some of our exhibit media now for the first time available online, which we did right at the start of you know, the pandemic, just to continue the mission to tell the story of comedy. Um, one of the recent programs we talked about was Gilbert Gottfried, and you said you know, one of the things we do is bring people in who also know a lot about comedy, and so on a couple of occasions, we've brought in Penn Gillette, and yes. his, his conversation with Gilbert Gottfried is, is another hilarious one not to be missed, but also that really pulls back the curtain on these comedic minds. Um, I'll leave it at that, so it's not a spoiler. But I, a I can't wait to watch it. I'm gonna, I'll probably watch it tonight. Uh, well, thank you so much for spending some time with me here on uh, The Bill Squire Show. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh people you can go now to comedycenter.org and find out about how you can plan your trip it's only two hours away from cleveland so if you're in one of my listeners in the cleveland area jamestown new york is is not very far away you can do it in a day i like to make a weekend of it because i like to really go deep but it's it's a lot of fun so thank you very much uh journey yeah and if you live in cleveland and you're two hours from one of time magazine's world's greatest places or what USA Today just named the best new museum in the country, you've got to ask yourself, what else do you have going on? So we'll see you here in Jamestown, and uh, our doors are open to you. All right, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Bill Squire Show. That was disgusting, but I needed it. See, here I was thinking that that was just to you know clear everything out before you start it. But no, that's how you start. That's how I'm going to start this week. <laughs> it's your show. I, I, is my, it is my show, and I'm going to start it that way because uh, I can. Yeah. Uh, my guest today, uh, I got a couple, but uh, right off the bat, we got Pound Cake. Hey! From, from the Alan Cox Show. Phone screener extraordinaire. And uh, the snobbiest, most pet, chief petty officer. <laughs> I mean, you got so many titles. Hey, it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. All right, well, you do it well. You uh, live up to your uh, titles on a daily basis, and I'm proud of you. Thanks. Uh, so, you're just coming over today. We, I, we had the day off, so I figured, hey, let's let's make some content. Yeah, well, you had the day off. I still have to go in and answer. I'm this is actually work extraordinaire. Right now. This is actually work right now for me. Oh, well, then perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah you kind of, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to go in earlier, so. No, okay, it's, not, it's no big deal. Just so, go in there, answer the phones, and then leave. Uh, I go in there and uh, edit segments and leave. Yeah. So, you know, something that you can learn to do if you wanted. I know how to do it. <laughs> then do it. I'm not getting paid to do it. You do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have enough time to do it. It's, it, it. it's fine. It's not even hard. I have enough time if they pay me. If you no, pay, pay but, me. But you have to do it before the show starts because you got to put oh. the keywords in. So, Well, if they pay me full time, then I would totally do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... What's uh, what's been going on in the pound cake world? The off 
the the stuff that you can't talk about on air that you can get raunchy with. You can say whatever you want on here. <sighs> These... Not whatever you want, but you can say fuck. I don't need to because none of that's happening. There's no fucking happening. You're not doing anything. No. These dusty ass dudes around here, you know, it's my own damn fault because I was on Tinder in the midst of a pandemic. I know I was on Tinder, but a bitch was lonely. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, let me see what's out there. Let me see if the dating pool has changed in the slightest. And it really hasn't. If anything, I just assume everyone has disease now rather than taking a risk on it. Um, But talk to some dudes and within moments after I said, you know, his name and, you know, he was coming over for a hot tub, you know, sodomite soiree, um, my roommates were like, no, 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 don't bring him over because... And that's the last time you were about to go on a date or have anybody over? Yeah. And that was like July or something. Well, the thing is, I was talking to this other dude at the time, so mm-hmm. I had options. So it was just so easy for me to blow that guy off. Not literally, but figurative, mm. figuratively. Um, so I was just like, okay, well, since my roommates, he's not cool with my roommates... Um, I'm just going to push him to the side. Um, and then, so the dude I was talking to, I actually went on a date with and he exchanged, well, I didn't exchange news, but he sent me nudes mm-hmm. and I thought things were going to go further. Cause I mean, you think after you see yeah. someone's intimate parts, things are going to happen. And no, we went on one day, the social, socially distanced date that I wrote about in my pound take and nothing ever came from that. And he, he said he wanted to go out again and did nothing you, ever Did happened. you ever follow up with him or did yeah. you? Yeah. And yeah, he we, just didn't come through. Nope. Okay. Well, that sucks. I know. I was like, you, you could almost like do everything right. Like I went on the date. We did not have sex. Like we. Maybe you should have had sex on the date. But that's what I usually do. I'm like, you know, if this I don't. Why change now? If I don't feel like there's a connection, I'm like, well, I filled your gut. So I might as well get my. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know that hasn't worked out for me in the past, so I figured I was like, let me do something different this time. If you, is that I say, don't go on the, d- the date first. I think smash and get it over with. Smash and then see if it's good. And then keep smashing and then get to know them after. A see, while. I've I've done that too. Like I've usually I have slept with people years before I actually meet them. If that makes <laughs> sense. Like honestly, I I have had sex with someone. Um, like years before, and then I meet them. I want to say this was like a year or two ago. So this person I met like freshman or sophomore year of college, ended up hooking up with them just randomly, and then years later we end up matching on Tinder and we go on a date. And he's sitting there talking to me, and he's tr- I think he's like dropping hints through the whole conversation, like oh, like yeah, trying it- to remind you who he was. Yeah, and he was just like oh yeah, I lived in such and such in this development. And it was like, oh, you've been there. And you've I was, been there. He, he was like, you've been there before. Like he, he was saying the development. I was like, I've never been there before. I don't know anybody there. He's like, yes, you have. He was like, you don't remember. <laughs> and then he started reminding me. I was just like, oh yeah, you know what? I remember that day. I've had uh, moments like that where one specifically, a girl came over one time, and we had. She was super drunk. This is like years ago, and we hooked up, and then like. Really, we really didn't have any contact again for a while, but every once in a while, like I, I was would flirt with this other girl, and it turns out it was the same girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, eventually, I put it all together when she's like, "Do you remember that time?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I do, mm. I do." That that's that's yep. a good one. Yeah. But see, the other guy, he just jabbed and twisted me because he was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I don't blame you for remembering because it was kind of unremarkable." I'm like, ha, ha, yeah, he, ha, and I was like, you know what? I'm sure it probably was unremarkable because that was back in my whole phase. I'm sure it was probably just regular okay sex. He was like, yeah, it was it was okay. Yeah, he was like, it was just okay. And then I thought about it. I'm like, I was more upset at the fact that he said the sex was okay than me not remembering him because I'm like, 
how many other people did I just have? That was in my whole phase. Was all my sex back then just okay? I feel like I feel like hookup sex is usually just okay. Can you be okay like, with just okay sex? Yes, absolutely. Because if you're not, you're happy. I'm, I, I, that's kind of how I feel. But like, yeah. I, I feel like when you really like have intimacy with somebody and like get to know them, you can have much better sex than if it's just a hookup. I've never had intimacy. I've never had making love. I've never had that. I've had. It's overrated. Uh, but I'm talking about just knowing each other's kinks and stuff like that, like like knowing how they like to be choked, yeah, you know, kind of thing. Chuck me, spank me, yeah. pull my hair. That, stuff, that's I what guess. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like connecting with somebody, not, <laughs> lighting not, candles yeah. in a bathtub, no, that dumb stuff. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm talking about like, okay, you like your hands tied behind your back. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 I get that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of stuff. That and, and then just the comfort you have with that person, where you're not. Tr- trying to impress them but you are trying to please them if that makes sense yes that does where you're not sense. you're not trying to just like bring the pain or anything like that you're, not, the pain. you're not you're not trying to like knock the body you you go okay i know how you like this so i'm gonna do it the best way i know how to do it for you i think that's my one downfall because i'm i've been okay my whole life with just these regular hookups because that's all i've ever known and once i get like a regular hookup and i'm satisfied with the sex i'm okay with not having a relationship because it's like oh i'm okay i'm doing okay in my everyday life going about my business and then i could just get casual sex when i want it Mm. and if it's good it don't matter how he treat me homie probably don't have a car (laughs) um he probably talked about me to his friends about my okay sex i think it's bomb but he Mm -hmm. he's probably just like "Mm, it's just okay um, and then, you know, he doesn't want to claim me in public, but, but, but it also takes two people to have good sex. Like you can't, if, if he's just saying it was okay, it, it was okay by him too. I, yeah, I guess. But like, sometimes I'm just really into it cause I'm like really attracted and attracted to well, the yeah, person. That, the sex kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to like hooking up with girls too, like there's certain things like going down on a girl is always different because Every girl, yeah, I would imagine, is pretty the, different. The, there's, there's like a scale of like, or, or like a, like a spectrum of how they like it. Like some girls like a real light, you know, fluffy type of situation. And some girls like a lot of a uh, little, little bit rougher. And then some girls like a real rough. Uh, and and some like it to escalate a lot. Or and that's the it's, thing. It's very and so it's very, uh, in you have to have a very immense skill set. To be able to do all those different t- types of it, and, but then also, all the stops. and then you also have to know, like you have to read their body language because they don't tell you. Yeah, like no. sometimes they do, and I, I appreciate it when they do. Like giving a, a little tip here and there, you know. But like you read their body language and go off of uh, what you know their body's telling you when you're down there. I mean, I don't know if I really want to pull out the stops like that. Well, that's the the plight of the the man. Who wants to please I, a woman? I know, I, but I think that's why I get ignored. Like, I, I, I know a lot of guys who they have had like an ex girlfriend or whatever, and they see them in public and they ignore them. Like, they avoid them like the plague. Like, mm-hmm. you would never know that they used to live in her box. <laughs> like, you would never know. And so, when you do intimate stuff like that, when you see someone's old face and you know that they like, you know, yours, your friends, and yeah. a big black dildo up there, you you can't look at them the same way. Ah, what, no, see, to me, I, I, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, you just can't, because you see, like, the new dude that, that they're with, and you're just like, you know he's probably getting all the way, he's getting knuckle deep. I, I always wonder, <laughs> like, if, you know, being, like, if people are always willing to open up about their <laughs> sexual kink. Yeah, but I mean, like, 
because there's a lot of people that I, they hold back on that because some people just like real vanilla and stuff like that. So I, I, I know for a fact that I've had exes that were really bummed out by their next boyfriend because their sex life was just like stick it in and be done. I honestly feel like my sex is going to be if, if my sex is just OK, like in my prime, then I can't imagine what it's going to be like when I'm like. In a committed relationship. Well, because that, that, I don't... that was your sex with him, though. That doesn't mean all your sex is just okay. I'm, I'm, I see that. I'm you're nervous. in your head. He, he, I mean, he got in my head. He cause... did what he wanted to do. He wanted to get in your head, and he's in your head. He said it was pretty unremarkable. I'm like, really? Pretty unremarkable is pretty, yeah. I, yeah. Again, I think it, it takes two to make it remarkable. And if he's not doing his part, then what, you know? But I feel like I, I have to get all, like, all my sex stuff out of the way because I have a feeling, because I'm so far right as far as you know i want threesomes i want to be able to have an open relationship i want all this stuff i feel like my partner is going to be the exact opposite of me like no i want to be committed you, I, yeah committed I, and i'm like it, it, i can't get mad at him for one me and only me but at the same time marriage is a lifetime commitment and yeah. i can't say that i wouldn't want on our anniversary like when we go to cabo or something <laughs> you know i want to i like that have like, sex with the pool boy uh <laughs> the old uh was that uh that guy that just got in trouble, not in trouble, but Falwell Jr. Yeah, or something junior, like that. Yeah. The, the president of Liberty University. Yeah, his, mm-hmm. uh, it's all. I hate it when it's always the stereotypes. I hate it because stereotypes exist for a reason. I get it, but each time they're proved that was, right. What was the actual situation? Because I I just like kind of scanned. He, he's it. a cuck. Okay, uh, so oh, so he was was he watching it? He was watching in the corner. So apparently, him and his wife befriended their pool boy, uh-huh. and these rich people. I mean, they have probably several estates. So whatever estate it was, they met this guy at the. Uh, I think he, it was like live in Miami, like Fountain Blue, Miami. He was. A- Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning or chumba casino always brings the fun play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere you could redeem some serious prizes chumba chumbacasino.com live the chumba life no purchase necessary we're prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details cool boy like professionally for them and then i guess he started doing professional work um once he met this couple and like side work for them. Yeah. And he yeah. met, he met them when he was 20 years old. So I'm sure he was going over to the estate, driving the golf cart, you know, living mm-hmm. the best life. And the wife is just like, you know, me and whatever her husband's name is, Jerry. Yeah. yeah Jerry me and Bell. Jerry get down and do you like to party? And yeah, I'm sure they probably came out with the mimosas and the champagne and probably was putting them on the yacht. And he's like, listen, I don't care if you fuck my wife. <laughs> I, as long I, as I get as to long watch, as I get to watch and, and, and yeah. And what 20-year-old dude who sees these people with money, influence, and he's probably getting his school tuition paid for. I wonder what he, his wife looks like. She's hot. She's not, she? a bad, she's not a bad-looking woman. Right. But I'm sure they was, like, caking him. I'm sure he was, like, their houseboy. He wasn't yeah. just a pool boy. He was their houseboy. Because he, apparently, from what I'm hearing, he was, like, 
you know, t- going on vacations with them, driving their cars. Okay, so he was like a part of the family. That's what I'm saying. And he all the whole time he slammed oh, yeah. your wife into third input. Yeah, his wife is attractive. I'm, I'm into it. And I don't believe that every single time he was just watching in the corner fapping. I don't believe that. I think he was like... He was dabbling? He was DP. Well, not even that. He doesn't have to do stuff with the guy, but... yeah. It, there was definitely some Eiffel friction tower. there. <laughs> or there, there two you in the same hole. Going, uh, you, you think they're going two, two dicks in one hole? Why not? Because he's like, this is my <laughs> wife, so I, I, this is my home. I'm living in her box. Just You're the logistics dog. of that are just so ridiculous. You're coming though. into a fully furnished house, yeah. literally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's always it's always This is by far my dirtiest episode yet. <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. that's what you get with pound yeah, cake. I know, I know what I signed up for. But yeah, so that's it's always those low down Republicans, like not all Republicans are low down, but it's always the down low Republicans that are well, always it, fighting it, against marriage equality and any type of rights, but yet they and, still And that whole fight over marriage equality, like being hateful has to be so exhausting. It is. I'm because sure it is. it's first of all, it's pretty like you don't get a lot of results like you're not stopping any gay people from getting married you, you're you just, nah, sometimes i mean they're trying I mean, to get stuff reversed now they're trying and, to but it but it's like like how like and then like what do you think time. your reward is gonna be do you think you're gonna die and then go up to heaven and jesus is gonna be like hey thanks for uh not paying attention to what i was trying to say i said love one another and you, you just did all this hate shit not what i was Five and on, so bam, and he hits that trap door. Drop down to if there's not a, if there's a heaven, and there's a hell, there better be a trap door that drops you down to hell. I don't <laughs> want to get there and then like have to take like a slow elevator. I want that drop. Well, I don't think you ha- you get judged in heaven. I think there's like you know a, I, a, I think the, you the, show a up a corridor or something. It's, where, it's a the, the where you pearly walk gates. In. You show up and then Peter checks to see if your Saint Peter checks to see if your name's on the list. And you go up. Oh, you're not on the list. Bam, hits a button. You drop down to hell. Imagine being a bouncer for heaven. That would be lit. <laughs> that has nothing on people telling people that to wear be, a mask. That like, would be really fun because there's so many people that thought they were doing like a good job and they're like, all right, I'm going to get right in. Uh, and they're like, oh, not on the list. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Leave it to the people. They're like, um, I can't go to hell. I can't. I'm allergic to fire. I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm allergic to fire. <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, heat makes my skin break out and my hair will get all frizzy because of all the. Uh, steam i can't go down there i have a restraining order from my ex-husband and he's gonna be down there with his wife soon i can't go to hell you don't understand <laughs> actually uh they're on the list they're gonna make it up in here so you don't have to worry about that what <laughs> yeah. uh, you were the one that uh, ruined the marriage after all so sorry uh and then you uh made the kids you turn the kids against him yeah you're a piece of shit go to hell you are going to hell man that would be a fun game show <laughs> trap, door, trap door to hell? Yeah. Trap door to hell. <laughs> like, hell or no hell. Hell or no hell. The loser gets to burn in the lake of fire for all eternity. Heaven or hell, the game show. Some really high stakes. I feel like that's a game board. I feel like that, that's something. Maybe a Ouija board or something. Yeah. I, I know there's, like, been, like, Sims-type games that were, like, heaven and hell, but I, I like the idea of going through the judgment process and, like, you're if you win, you get into heaven. Judgment if you process. lose... Boom, down to that's hell. A, that's a really long meeting. God must have a lot of time because he's just going to, they go through every sin that you've ever done in your entire life. And I've done, done but, a lot of sinning. But they don't have to do all of them. They just have to do the ones you didn't repent for, right? I, I guess so. But I think they. Because that's the whole idea. If you yeah. do all these awful things. But can you do like a mass forgiveness? Like I, I can't, I don't no, think I, I think that's for, why you're supposed to keep going. I know, but like, I Like on a regular basis, like keep praying. And like, I don't think you have to, and this is just 
how people think about it, but I, I think if you just continually ask for forgiveness, but then you've got to not repeat it too. If you keep doing it nah, again and again. I, that can't be true because well, we're, we're going to sin again. God well, knows we're going to sin you're again. You're going to sin again, but I mean, you have to like have that, you know, that, that, uh, the will to contrite, not want to. You have to like a contrite spirit. So like will to continue to try not to. And then eventually you, you, you know, you're going to keep sinning, but you got to keep trying to overcome it. Say, but then there's a lot of people that th- think that things that they're doing aren't even sins. Like hating gay people and trying to stop gay marriage, they they don't think that's a sin. They don't think it's a sin, but they really don't. They think. But I think if God, you know, if you follow what Jesus says, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, not your job. I mean, I don't know if Jesus would approve of gay marriage, quite honestly. I, but I don't think he would condemn you to hell for it. Like, well, I don't, I don't think he would look at it as sin. I mean, he 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 allows free will. He does allow so, free will, but he wants you to turn away from that. So, I mean, I I've like fought with this for years for the longest time i thought you couldn't be a gay and christian but like i learned that's not true because that would be the same thing as saying you can't be divorced to be a christian or you can't well there's you know, a lot of people that believe that be too there's a lot of people that believe all those things where you know once you're like a certain level of impure like you can't really and, and then get back. i mean then i realized that religion is man-made like there uh-huh. there is i i rather yeah, praise but- God and Jesus rather than a church. Because as we see, going through the news, I mean, you see all these pastors and what these reverends and these mm-hmm. mega churches are doing and, and with the siph- siphoning money and stuff like that. I'd much rather be, that's why I say I'm spiritual. Yeah, that's than a good religious. point. I'd much rather run a church than go to a church. Because give me that money. Give me that paper. Give me that These Lord people are making paper. billions. Yeah. For some reason, and I don't know why, whenever I take an edible, like it, I always want to watch, I want to go through some deep shit. Like, I don't know why, what makes me do that, but I started going through last night uh, the Church of Scientology and, like, what they do. And there was this guy that was being interviewed, and he was gay, and he lives with his husband. And he was talking about how he was an actor and how he, for years, just got suckered into the Church of Scientology because he thought it would help with his acting career. Because you moved to L.A., you don't know anybody, you get off this bus, and there's only, like, three main casting agencies, apparently, in L.A., and so these Scientology recruiters essentially wait outside the casting agency and they're like, hey, well, if you want such and such work um, and if you want communication skills and acting classes, which are super expensive mm-hmm. in L.A., by the way, yeah. they're like, we can offer all these things to you um, with all our you know, $50 classes. That, and that's how they get changed. Ah, and then they were like, oh, clever. if you want to be in a consistent commercial through Scientology, like you'll be through. So a lot of people, they get suckered into that because they think it's something completely different. And by that time they're blackmailing you, they're extorting you. Like it's wild what they do. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's real skeezy shit. What's their afterlife plan? I don't, I don't know. You know, I didn't, I didn't get that far because I mainly hear about, um, more so the controversies of the Scientology church than what they actually practice. Cause all of the, they make you sign. You want to talk about, NDAs don't work. They make them a lot. A lot of these people sign NDAs. Like you're not well, like talk Leah about Remini's it. been sued by them a bunch of times, right? Who has? Leah Remini, because she does all these things. I don't think they can sue her because she's telling the truth. Um, right. Well, I think, that, but they can still claim defamation or whatever. I don't know. Uh, it's not defamation. They can breach of contract, maybe. I, yeah, but yeah. it's a religion. So what yeah. religion makes you sign a contract? All of them, really. I mean, it's a. No, you can leave a church whenever it's a you want covenant. to. You can leave a church whenever you want to, but you also have, like, the idea is that you're making a, you're signing a contract with God when you join that church. Yeah. So even if it's not, like, on paper or whatever, it's still, you're, you're making that covenant. 
I wonder what they think of me then, because my church was ran by my stepdad's sister. So it was like mm-hmm. my step aunt or aunt in law, whatever, step aunt. And like once she didn't even know the whole gay thing. Like this was I was hiding that up until I was seventeen, but we would go there religiously and especially <laughs> during my during <laughs> religiously yeah but like during my dark phase when i was like trying to pray the gay away i would go to church by myself not even like with my family and i was like going through things and all of a sudden i just like stopped going now and, when you were going through that because i i kind of was in a similar place you know not the gay thing but just like coming to terms with that i wasn't really a believer when but i was in like that dark depressed place did you feel like you were getting comfort or do you feel like what they were telling you wasn't actually giving you any peace it 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 was weird because i felt comforted by the church and i think it was partly because i was like family there Mm -hmm. but they didn't know why i was there had i went in there and said like hey you know i'm having these feelings and i'm going through a really dark phase i don't know if it would be like that so i still so it was just more comforted it was more of a distraction yeah i felt comforted because i was still in secret but also i was in secret so i was alone if that makes sense yeah it makes a lot of sense because that's that's kind of how I felt like I didn't feel any real connection to the people that I grew up going to church with because I felt like it was just a subject uh, or like a product of my circumstance where I wouldn't even be around you people if I, you know, if it weren't for my parents. There's a lot of people like that. Yeah. So like I didn't, you know, I I just was like, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, and everybody was fake too because everybody would act like they're all good. And then like all the kids that were Mormons in my area. Like, you know, once they were around their school friends and stuff like that, they're all drinking and doing a bunch of dumb <laughs> it's shit. All, so it's, it's all, it's, It always seems like the pastor's child is always the worst one. Yeah. Because for some reason, they have all the money left over from whatever tithing people do. Um, and so they're going to Italy. They're, yeah. they're flying on private jets. Like, they're going, they're traveling the world. And then they always end up being a drug addict or something. Yeah, I wish I had been more outspoken about my, like, my doubts when I was a kid. Because I was very just like, eh, this is what I'm supposed to do, so I'll just go do it. Because I didn't want to deal with my parents being upset with me or, like, trying to convince me. I just was like, yeah. But I remember, like, a few times my dad asking me what I believe and if I'm, you know, in, like, a few, you know, lying to him. And then I remember when I finally came clean, it was just like, like, uh, he asked me if I could go to church anymore. And I was like, no. And he's like, do you believe in God? I'm like, no. And he was just like, like, that was the last time we've ever talked about religion. Wow. And that See, was a good, you know, 13, 14 years ago. Do you feel like there is a, like, you've never gone through a time where you thought your parents didn't love you. You know they still love you. Yeah, right? yeah. But See, it's, that's good. I, 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 I felt like they, I always felt like they loved me, but it was also, like, it still felt a bit conditional. Okay. So, like, the, it, In the way in which like, they interact with you? Yeah, in, in that, it was like, okay, you, you know there's just been a wedge between us for a long time because of that, because I can't really be myself around them. Like I love them and we enjoy being around each other and we can like, we're all very, you know, it's nice and and it's, it's okay, but I can't be full me around them because they don't want to hear swear words and stuff like that. And then, you know, but I, I, I can, I can tone that stuff back, but even just like my opinions on politics and, and social issues differ a lot from theirs. So it's one of those things where it's like, are we going to argue the whole time or are we just going to talk about like more base level stuff? Do your parents listen to the show? My mom does from time to time. Is she like disgusted or do you just <laughs> let her know like I'm not going to walk on eggshells? No, I just, she, she knows what she's, she knows who I am. 
She okay. knows like That's if good. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna talk about stuff like I try to be respectful of them, but she knows I'm gonna talk about whatever I want to talk about and usually do what I'm gonna do. Whatever my mom doesn't know, like whatever I don't tell my mom, I end up telling the show because it's it's I've always kind of been that way. Yeah. It's far more comfortable to tell a close group of friends or in this case our customers yeah. um, about my life because their opinion doesn't mean as much. It, it doesn't mean as much. It's not going to affect my daily life. Like if a friend doesn't like what I'm doing, I stop hanging out with that friend. Um, if the customers don't like what I'm doing, I'll talk about something else. Um, but like when it comes to my mom, I don't want, for the longest time I could not get over. I didn't want my mom asking me about my sexuality. I didn't want my, and she knew, but like this was after I came out, but I didn't want her asking. I hated the word partner. I, yeah. For some reason, whenever I heard that word, I would just cringe. I'm like, yeah. ugh, partner. And yeah, because then, then it sounds like you're a detective and you, you're like trying to solve crimes together. It, it just, I just never liked that term. And then now I'm like, oh, I get it. It's not just a life partner. It's just, you know, someone who can go through the good times and the bad times and well, share stuff with. And when I was a missionary, our, uh, like there, you'd always be like two together and it was your companion. And that's, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. It's just like boyfriend. It's just yeah. a boyfriend, husband, yeah. whatever. It's my jump, companion. Jump off. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show today, Pound Cake. Thank you for having me. Uh, follow Pound Cake on Twitter and Instagram at Radio Cody B. Uh, check out the Pound Takes on every Thursday mm-hmm. on AllenCockShow.com and listen to us on The Alan Cox Show. And that's all. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. I'm here with this week's Instagram hottie, Rachel. Thank you so much for being this week's Instagram hottie. You're super calm and not nervous at all about this whole thing, and I can tell, so uh, just uh, be yourself. All right, I'll try. But be more of yourself. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was talking with AJ a little bit before you... He's, he's a regular on this podcast, and uh, he's a friend of yours, and you're friends with uh, other comedians in town, Brian Sternick. You guys all work together, I believe, right? Yes. And uh, AJ told me that you are afraid of ketchup. Yeah, I have a really weird phobia of ketchup. Yeah. And do you under is it just like something random or the was something happened? Uh, I don't I don't really know. It just yeah. I've always been afraid of ketchup and like to what degree we'll move that that way. There we go. Like the smell of it. Like okay. as soon as it hits my nose. Just so I, you know, I don't even have any ketchup in my house. I think I have some like ketchup packets, but I'm not gonna like bring be like, and now here's a bunch of ketchup. I'm not doing that. I just think that's uh something that's kind of strange. Because I have I have a weird thing like that too. And when I was like in elementary school, at the end of the day, when you put chairs up on the table and like the chairs like sticking straight up or like at at a restaurant, if they do that with the chairs at the end of the night, that makes me so fucking uncomfortable. Like I can't like I don't like freak out, but I'm just like, I don't don't like this. I don't want to be around this right now. And just an idea like you could like hit your eye on them or something like that. So I don't how deep does yours go? Like, will you, like if I had ketchup right here, would you be like, it'd be really uncomfortable. Yeah. I would try my best not to like throw up. But Okay. So it's, it's like that kind of reaction. Yeah, I will. So you're disgusted by it, not afraid of it. Well, even if someone like puts a bottle next to me, even if I can't smell it, I kind of spaz a little bit. Okay. Um, so what do you dip your French fries in? Barbecue sauce. There you go. <laughs> Which is just, it's the Southern little, ketchup. It's, it smells it's, different. It's a little bit different, but I mean, there's some barbecue sauces that are pretty fucking close to ketchup. So yeah, if they yeah. look like ketchup, I no, won't even you try won't it. Try it. Oh, yeah. so it's got to be a nice dark barbecue yeah. sauce, yeah. Uh, and you probably don't want it to be too sweet or anything. Or no, that doesn't matter. I like it's more spicy, the color. Actually, you like it yeah. more spicy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's an, an, an interesting fact. Uh, and you're into vanning. Yes. Tell me what the fuck that is. <laughs> 
So uh, we travel a lot in the summer, and we sleep in our van. We, okay. Uh, so it's just RVing with vans. Kind of. I mean, it's a party lifestyle. Okay. It's, okay. So it's like, do you follow bands, or do you just kind of travel around to different? There's events? different events. Okay. All around, like we go to Canada once mm-hmm. a year, and just like we know people everywhere. And yeah. Hang out in our van. And, so so. Uh, do you have a van for this, or do you tag along with somebody else? Uh, well, we have a couple of them. Okay, so I have uh, 66 Chevys. Okay. I have my own. Nice. Yeah. And then, uh, and do you do the maintenance on them as well? Yeah. Mine, I actually am building with my dad. Oh, that's really cool. So it doesn't get to go to as many shows. Yeah. But. But that's cool. Uh, now, what's your, like, dream van to travel around in? Is it a Volkswagen? Because I know those have, like all like I, people like those because of like the hippie thing but i imagine if someone's in de- as deep into it as you are uh you know that like that's like a poser van yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so my dream van would be like uh mid chevy which is in the 70s mm-hmm. and i would love it to be lifted just okay uh, just a little bit yeah just a little bit <laughs> lift like that's uh that's kind of when vans were cool like the 70s like if you watch like dazed and confused like you didn't want a truck, you wanted a van. And then you could put a mattress in the back, like make it real comfortable. You could smoke weed back there. You, and then and then you had like a little house on wheels where you could get away from your parents, stuff like that. And I feel like that has definitely gone away. Uh, and vans have just become kind of, you see, they're soccer moms or creeps. AJ, you're doing a terrible job of distracting the dog. I don't think he's, I think he went to smoke. Or he's talking on the phone. Yeah. Are you are you a two hundred pound man that can handle a dog or not? She like won't even let me go near her. Whoopsie! She was doing the thing where like just I'm, get it, get one of her toys and just chase her around. But that, that's what she's doing. <laughs> God, go with AJ. Go go with him. She does that. No, say say you got you gotta you gotta act like you don't want like you're trying to get away uh, from her. I'd be like passive. Like, yeah, no, you gotta act like you're trying to get away from her. Uh, okay, well, I'm trying to get away from. See? Oh, it works. I told you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, vanning. So, w- w- what got you into vanning? Is that like something you do with your dad, or is that just something that you've always? My boyfriend. Your boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, your boyfriend got. got how long have you been with him? How long have I been with him? Yeah. Eleven years. Eleven years. God damn. How old are you? <laughs> Twenty nine. Twenty nine. So you guys have been together since you were eighteen. Yeah, 17, 17 18. 18. Do you guys meet in high school, or do you meet vanning? Yeah. Well, we know each other our whole lives. So. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. cute. Oh, high school sweethearts. Kind of. Kind of. How much older is he? Not. Not six, same age. Like three months younger. Oh than me. wow! Three months younger. Wow, yeah. that's that's very uh, not of the times, because everyone you know everybody this is hookup culture, <laughs> Tinder, all that stuff. People are jumped from relationships quickly. <sighs> so for you to be with the same dude for you know, ten eleven years, that's pretty impressive. So good for you. Thanks. What's <laughs> uh What's he do? He is a supervisor for the county. He uh. He's doing a bang up job. This is a good county. Yeah, I, I feel very supervised. We're in the sewer, de- I, I sewer feel, department. I, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> if there's one thing that uh, the butthole of the world has going for it, it's the sewer departments. <laughs> He's actually probably got a headache of a job with everybody being home that had to like cause some sort of weird problems. No, it's actually been pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I didn't know if it, like there was like an increase of people using those uh, wipes that you're not supposed to flush. Oh, he hates those. Of course. Yeah. yeah here's a little PSA right now. Don't use the wipes. Get a bidet. Even if they say flushable. Yeah, they're not flushable. They're not flushable. They don't they don't biodegrade. Uh 
not like toilet paper does, and a bidet is the way to go. And eat more fiber. So you don't have to wipe as much, right? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing some. If you don't use toilet paper, though, I mean, then they won't have a job, I guess. No, I'm saying you can use toilet paper. I'm just saying don't use as much so we don't oh, have yeah. to be as wasteful. You got to clock sometimes. Yeah. You got to keep them in business. Yeah. Get a little right. more. Well, you're, you're you're talking, and I like what you're saying, but you just got to be, you got to project a little bit more. All right, all right. Because so, you're kind of mumbly, and I know you're nervous. <laughs> hey, that's AJ was telling me you're you're pretty shy, but you're into some interesting th- things. You're, you're you're afraid to catch up. You're into vanning, and then we have one uh, shared uh, love, and that's Coheed and Cambria. Yeah. How many times have you seen them live? Uh, I I don't know. It's more I, than ten. Yeah. Good for you. I've only seen them probably about five times because uh, many of the years that I wanted to go see them, I was either too broke or I uh, was working on the road. So, I, you know, for like eight years, I was on the road most weeks or doing stand-up most weeks. And so I just missed concerts yeah. like crazy. So I've seen them a bunch of times and they're fucking fantastic. Always. And I'm just, just a big fan. The one show, actually, you were like kind of by my family. Oh, the, yeah? Yeah. They kept taking their wristbands off and like handing them to yeah, other people around, yeah. yeah so they can get more people down in the pit area oh was that uh at uh, nautica, nautica. Yeah. yeah yep yeah that was a good that was a good time that was a very good show i, I like that one a lot and then uh seen them at the agora a couple times yeah. and then uh house of blues so I, I guess i've seen them four times live and i was supposed to see them in september but originally october or uh, august yeah. but yeah uh, but it's 2020 and you don't get to have fun this year yeah so that's a bummer. I'm real sad about that. Um, I, I'm a yeah, big fan of them. I would listen to In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 2. That was like my, I have an hour left. Or so I like time it out when I'd be driving home from like gigs and I need something to keep me awake and keep me like positive. And I'd turn that album on and then like the time would pass a lot faster. So I've, I've listened to that album about three billion times. Yeah. It's so good. Um, and then when they played it at the House of Blues all the way through, that was like the, the best concert. Yeah. That's the best concert I've ever been to in my entire life. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you're into that. You you uh, you do some cute pics on Instagram. Uh, and that's why you're this week's Instagram hottie. And uh, is there any problem with your boyfriend? Does he get upset about that stuff? He doesn't Not, not care. the jealous type? No. Nope. Good for him. That's uh, You know what that is? Uh, security. He's He's got confidence. God damn it, dog. <laughs> so that's good. All right. Well, I think we're going to keep this one pretty tight today because, uh, you know, but... Thank you so much, and uh, anything you want to plug or you want to, you know, tell people to drive vans or something? Yeah, go drive vans. Go drive vans. All right, that's all. <laughs> Thanks. This is the Bill Squire Show. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.